Yeah, that soccer show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at soccer, the letter N, sweettea.com. This is Yeah, That Soccer Show, the completely unofficial podcast that talks all things Greenville FC, NPSL, and so much more. So come on, Greenville, this show is for you, it's about you, and we want this show to be driven by you. So email the show at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or slide into our DMs over at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in, everybody, to a very special edition of Yeah, That Soccer Show. This week, the week leading into the start of the 2018 Major League Soccer season. This coming weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Um, just thought I would jump on here for a little bit and do maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes worth of uh, talk about Major League Soccer, and in particular, an event that I was able to to go down to this past weekend, um, the Carolina Challenge Cup down in Charleston, hosted by the Charleston Battery. This was the second year I've been able to go. Um, it's a great event that the Charleston Battery puts on. Obviously, they're in the USL, um, but they are able to bring in three other teams from Major League Soccer to come down and kind of play in a round-robin tournament this year. The Columbus crew, for the second year in a row, walked away with the Carolina Challenge Cup championship. But the teams that were playing this year, Minnesota United, Columbus crew, obviously, uh, Atlanta United, and the Charleston Battery being the home team and the host there in Charleston. First off, let me just say, if you've never been down to Charleston for the Carolina Challenge Cup, I would really encourage you to think about doing it next year. It's a good chance to get to see some of the Major League Soccer teams in the preseason, and it's just a really cool atmosphere to watch Major League Soccer teams perform in. Um, One of the things I love about it, it's so pure. The stadium is relatively small. I think probably somewhere in the five, six, seven thousand seat range. Um, so it's kind of cool. You get, you get this intimate vibe. You get to be really close to the team, regardless where your seats are. I even bought tickets this year. And because I was down there by myself for the day, um, I didn't even sit in my seats. I stood along the railing there in the corner of the field and got to watch the game kind of from a really intimate spot. Super cool. Um, got to meet a lot of great people, other Atlanta United fans, Charleston battery fans, crew fans, um, weren't a ton of Minnesota fans there. I saw a few. I didn't talk to any. Um, but it's a super cool event. And so the reason I bring that up is as I was down there, I was thinking, man, this is something that maybe down the road Greenville FC could host uh, a similar type tournament. And I would love to see them bring in. I mean, obviously, it would be great to bring in and host games with Major League Soccer teams. I know uh, Chattanooga FC has obviously been able to do that the last couple of years, but even if it wasn't, uh, even if it wasn't MLS teams, if it was some USL teams, maybe the Charlotte Independence, maybe the Charleston Battery, it'd be really cool to get some of those teams in and host a four-team tournament preseason, leading up to the season, maybe in a break in the season. It'd be super cool, um, and it's just a super cool environment. It's a lot of what I hope Greenville FC's games will be like this year. 
terms of intimacy and the excitement surrounding the beautiful game. All that being said, I know we have a lot of fans in this area who are uh, Major League Soccer fans, especially with Atlanta United's introduction last year. A lot of fans in this area have kind of come into being a fan of Major League Soccer. And in addition to talking a little bit about the Carolina Challenge Cup, I thought it'd be kind of cool just to give you a, a little bit of my insight in terms of my predictions for the year. Um, I put together an article over at Soccer and Sweet Tea. Um, go check it out if you want to see what some of the other people on the writing staff there had their predictions be. Um, but I wanted to just kind of run through some of my predictions because I think maybe you don't care about this and that's cool and we'll catch you on the next episode. But um, I know there's a lot of MLS fans or new MLS fans. And so I just want to throw my two cents in and maybe dive into a little bit more depth with the picks that I made. So first up, I want to talk about who I think is going to be the coach of the year in Major League Soccer. Um, my pick was Greg Burhalter of the Columbus Crew. Um, I picked Greg Burhalter to be the coach of the year last year. Um, I think Columbus's season was not exactly as good as they had hoped it would be. I mean, obviously they went far in the playoffs, um, but I think the regular season wasn't quite as dynamic as maybe they had hoped. But I do think just even having watched them this past weekend down in Charleston, they are going to be a good team. They are going to be towards the top of the league. Um, and I think Greg Burhalter is going to be acknowledged for the job he's doing there, coaching that team and that collection of folks. Um, I think the biggest transition for them is obviously Ola Kamara going to Los Angeles and Giazzi Zardes coming to Columbus. And I'm just telling you, watching Giazzi Zardes play in that system, play with that team, especially with uh, Pippa Iguain and and their connection and their link up up top, uh, he's going to score a lot of goals, and they're going to be they're going to be pretty good this year. <clears throat> Goalkeeper of the year, uh, I put my vote in for Brad Guzan just because um, all cards are on the table. I'm an Atlanta United fan. Uh, I follow the team really closely. I think Brad Guzan, had he been with the team all year last year, probably wouldn't have been able to win this award. Um, but when he came in in the summer transfer window, from that point forward, he was by far, in my opinion, the best keeper in the main in major league soccer so i think with a full year with the team this year i think that award um should be his should be his for the taking newcomer of the year um there's a lot of folks in fact everyone else at soccer and sweet tea uh, are picking carlos vela with uh, los angeles fc um he went down with a little bit of an injury in preseason doesn't seem like he's gonna be out uh long if at all um, but i was the the sole person going a different route i i put my vote in there for kaku uh, Alejandro Romero Gamara of uh, the New York Red Bulls. Kaku was uh, linked to Atlanta United. He, they had his uh, discovery rights, and they actually traded him away to the New York Red Bulls who wanted to sign him. And I've watched some, some video on Kaku, and I really think he is going to be a dynamic playmaker in New York. And so that's my vote for a newcomer of the year. Comeback player of the year. Um, this one was pretty easy for me because, like I said, after watching him this weekend in Charleston, I think Giazzi Zardes is going to have a massive, massive year for Columbus. Um, and I think he is going to be the comeback player of the year. Defensive player of the year. Um, this is a guy who doesn't get a lot of love from the national pundits, doesn't get a lot of love from um, people making picks for defensive player of the year. But um, for my money last year, LGP, you down with LGP, Leandro Gonzalez Perez, Atlanta United. I think he is going to have another monster year. Honestly, 
there's part of me that I see the leadership he has on that team. I'm, I know that they have Michael Parkhurst, who's kind of their captain, and uh, he was the captain when they brought him in just because of his experience. And Jeff Lorentzowitz seems to be taking that captain's armband when maybe Parkhurst comes out or isn't playing. Um, but for my money, when I watch him on the field, uh, Perez is the guy that I see commanding that back line and in a lot of ways commanding the whole team. And I think he's really one of the more vocal leaders on the team, and I think he's going to have a big year. Rookie of the year, this is a hard one. There's so many uh, so many good rookies, but there's not like one guy that you're like, this guy is going to gonna take over the world. <clears throat> I think uh, I think it's easy to think Jao Matinho um, from Los Angeles FC would, would be the guy because he's obviously probably going to be starting the whole year, playing a lot. Um, but I went with Mo Adams with the Chicago Fire, the midfielder. I know they've got a, a pretty stacked midfield there, but I think he'll be able to squeak some playing time in and – um, I think he's he's the most pro ready of of most of the rookies I've I've seen. Um, reminds me a lot of of Gressel, who won the award last year. In a sense of he's not going to be a full time starter, full ninety every week in and out. Um, but I think he's going to get some significant playing time. I think he's going to work his way into potentially a starting spot, or if nothing else, a first guy off the bench in the midfield. And um, I think he's going to have a big year. And I, I didn't say this, but Mo Adams obviously uh, went to Syracuse and was drafted this year by the Chicago Fire. Golden Boot Award. Um, this one is is one who's going to score the most goals. Um, I think you got a lot of good candidates, and, and last year's race was really close. But I think last year's race was really close because one of the guys near the top was out for at least a third of the season, probably closer to half of the season. Um, and that's the guy that I'm picking to win it this year. If he can find his form, he's, he's had a little bit of a rough go in the preseason, but um, I think once he finds his form, once he gets his first goal, I think Joseph Martinez from Atlanta United is going to um, score a lot of goals. Um, he's got a lot of good pieces there around him with Almiron and Vijalba and now with Barco, um, who's going to be out for a couple of weeks. But I think once he comes back in, you got a lot of good pieces there. And maybe you say that some of those pieces take some of the – scoring away from him, but I, I really think he's going to be the finisher. He's going to be the guy that, that puts him in the back of the net most of the time. Most valuable player, the MVP. Now, this one I went a little bit of a, of a reach just because <clears throat> um, I don't, you know, obviously uh, I think Atlanta United is going to be a good team and they, they're going to be successful this year. I don't actually have them winning at all, um, but I think I think a lot of people would would try to pick the best player from the best team, and that's that's typically a good a good route to go. Um, I went a little bit off the beaten path. I'm picking a guy that I think is going to he he's new to this team, and I think he's going to make this team significantly better. Um, and that is Sasha Kleshin with Orlando City. Um, when I watched Orlando City last year, I know a lot of what I saw was they had a lot of uh, they had a hard time. With, with link up and getting the ball forward. Um, and I think, I think Kleshin does a good job of, of driving the offense, but also playing a, a key role um, in defending a bit there in the midfield. He's kind of your, your box-to-box guy. He's a guy that is going to really, I think, take over some games and really be a driving force in Orlando City making the playoffs. Um, and I do think they are going to make the playoffs, and I think Kleshin's going to be a big reason why. And so for that reason – I think when I think of most valuable player, I like to think who's the who's the person that elevates their team the most, and I think Kleshin this year is going to be that guy. Uh, supporter Shield, who is going to have the most points at the end of the regular season? Um, I th- this one was was kind of a crapshoot. I think there's a lot of teams. I think the Supporter Shield is definitely going to go to a team in the East, 
Um, and actually, uh, of the four folks that voted um, on the Soccer and Sweet Tea staff, everybody had an East team as their Supporter Shield winner, but the four of us, there was four different teams picked. <laughs> so that tells you how good the East is. It tells you how good these teams are. And I think, um, you know, somebody's got to give. And, and for my money, I think this year winning the Supporter Shield is going to be New York City FC. Um, I think I think they're right there. I mean, I think they were right there last year. A couple of breaks go their way, and and you could be talking about uh, NYCFC 2017 MLS Cup champs. Um, they didn't go their way, and so they they weren't there. But I think they're going to be a great team this year. I think um, they're gonna they're gonna dominate a lot of the uh, regular season. Plus, it's kind of hard to play up there in Yankee Stadium. It's a weird layout. Um, so they have a they have a good home field advantage um, come, when that comes around. Um, I'm going to tell you my Eastern Conference Finals and my Western Conference Finals matchups that I have. So for the Western Conference, I've got Sporting KC and Real Salt Lake. I know that's uh, it's a little bit of a stretch. I don't have the Timbers there. I don't have the Sounders there. Um, but I think that those two teams, really the West is similar to the East in that it, the top the top four or five teams are kind of all together and all very, very good. Um, so it's it's kind of a roll the dice and who's going to fall out of that that chunk and I think it's going to be Sporting KC and Real Salt Lake. In the Eastern Conference Finals, I have uh, Atlanta United, who I think I, I always said um, I wanted them to make the playoffs the first year. I wanted them to compete uh, for to get to the championship game in year two, and I want them to try and be winning some championships in year three. Well, I think they do get to the Conference Finals this year, and I've got them going up against the Columbus Crew because, like I said, the crew I think is going to be improved over what they did last year. They made it and made a pretty deep uh, playoff run last year, and I think they're going to get back there again. So now I'm going to tell you who I've got in the MLS Cup. Um, first, I'm going to give you my runner-up, the team that makes it there but doesn't quite finish the job, walks away in second place in Major League Soccer, and that is Sporting Kansas City. Um, I think SKC is kind of a, a quietly really good team. Um, they've got you know maybe one or two players you might know if you really follow soccer. But a lot of the guys, you look at their lineup and you think, man, I, they don't have any major, major superstars. Um, but they're really good. They're a really good team, and they got a great coach. And I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna make it, make a deep run all the way to MLS Cup this year. But ultimately, I have them losing to the Columbus Crew, who I think is is the best team, the the most improved team this year. I think they're gonna make it all the way. And I think they're going to win the MLS Cup. And when that happens, it will be very, very interesting to see um, what happens up there in Columbus saving the crew. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to go anywhere at this point. But, you know, there's always still that threat that, they, that they're going to be tried to be moved uh, to Texas. And, um, but I think, I think an MLS Cup championship might be the thing to, to lock them down. So, hey, I know this was a little bit different. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, let me know. Um, maybe we can jump in and talk a little MLS from time to time in some bonus episodes. You know, I want the regular episodes to really be focused on Greenville FC, um, but I do follow MLS closely, and I love MLS and would love to uh, to talk about it a little bit. So if you like this episode, reach out and let me know so that um, maybe we can look at doing this again in the future. Uh, speaking of MLS and speaking of Greenville FC, wanted to give you a quick announcement this Saturday, March 3rd, it's the kickoff of Major League Soccer, and the Milltown operatives are going to be hosting a watch party for Atlanta United and Houston Dynamo game that's at 3.30. 
So we're going to meet at 3 o'clock at the Courtyard Marriott in downtown Greenville. This is a really cool space. They've got a 90-inch TV wall that they're going to project the game on for us. There's a bar right adjacent to that room. There's the little grassy courtyard out there. If you've ever gone downtown, like where Ice on Main is, when it's not Ice on Main, it's a little turf area. Um, so they're going to put out some cornhole for us, maybe maybe something else too for us to just enjoy. So this would be a great event to come and meet some Greenville FC supporters as we continue to grow the Milltown operatives. But it's also a really good opportunity for you to bring your kids and your families because it's going to be a super family-friendly environment. And, hey, it's going to be awesome to watch soccer on a 90-inch TV wall. Um, so we'd love to have you out. Uh, hope hope you can make it. Um, go follow Milltown Operatives on Instagram and Twitter at Milltown GVL. They're going to have some stuff out about it. And go search out Milltown Operatives on Facebook. There's actually an event in that group that you can go say, hey, I'm coming. Let us know you're coming. You don't have to let us know you're coming. Um, show up if, even if you show up even if you don't like Major League Soccer. If you just want to meet some Greenville FC fans, it would be awesome. Hey, one last thing. Um, if you think you want to play for Greenville FC, maybe you're young, maybe you're not like me, you're a little bit younger and, and more vibrant and you feel like you still have what it takes to, to maybe potentially play for this team. Uh, Greenville FC is having some open tryouts coming up in a couple weeks. They have put out all kinds of information on their website. They've put out information on Twitter, on email, social media, um, so just go check them out, GVLFC, um, almost everywhere, and then sign up for the newsletter on GVL, GVLFC.com, um, and you can get that information when it first comes out. I know they were limited on spots, and if you try out, you get a free T-shirt. Also, if you're not wanting to try out, it'd be hoove you to go seek out that information as well because they're going to have a special uh, game that they're going to be playing with some of the trialists and and some other folks just going to kind of do like a little scrimmage open to the public. Again, a great family environment. Bring your kids out to the Croc Center um, on March 24th, I believe. And I don't remember the time off the, off the top of my head, but go check out the website and look at the announcements. Um, it's all over the place. You can find it there. And I will announce it again next week on the podcast. Um, but go, go check out, that'll be your first opportunity to see some little bit of flavor of what Greenville FC may ultimately look like. So, um, that's going to be a really cool event. So, Hey, thanks for checking out this episode. Again, let me know if you, uh, if you want to talk more MLS and I would love to, to do this from time to time. Um, next week on the show, we have a very, very, very special interview coming at you. I'm not going to tell you exactly who it is, but I am going to. You know, I'm just going to tease it a little bit throughout the week. So make sure you go follow us at YTSS Podcast on Twitter. Um, I'm not on Instagram, not on uh, Facebook for the podcast, just on Twitter. So if you're not on Twitter, um, I'll just say this. You might see this guy playing this coming Saturday if you come to the Milltown Operatives event. That's the only clue I'm going to give you. Um, so make sure you ch tune in next week for that exclusive interview. It's going to be super, super fun. Um, and until next time, we'll see you around.